Welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Be quiet, or I'll hear you. So, <laughs> that ridiculous intro out of the way, uh, today we are talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, I've been both anticipating and dreading this movie for the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> okay, let me give you some background here. I really like The Quiet Place. I think it's one of the better horror movies uh, ever, ever made, and I think it is literally like an hour and a half of pure tension uh, <laughs> that left me so emotionally and physically drained when I saw it in the theater that I could barely stand. I could barely stand to walk back to the car. So yeah, it was an intense movie for me. Uh, the entire thing had me at the edge of my seat the whole time, and so the sequel was. Well, kind of unnecessary. The first movie ends on a satisfying enough note and ambiguously saying, hey, they have a way to destroy them, let's attract the remaining two and shoot them with a shotgun. And we still have a baby and everything, and there are still more of these things, so we're probably still fucked, but hey, we got a minor victory before we died. Uh, that was kind of the mood I got from the first movie. And it didn't really leave room for a sequel. But it was really successful. So sequel, here comes a sequel. And guess what? Sequel was good. I'll just come out and say it. The sequel is good. Uh, the actors are all great here. They're still making stupid decisions, but it's like, yeah, but people in this kind of situation, really stressed, really going, you know, edge of their rope, would probably do things like this. I've seen stupider decisions in a horror movie. At least they tend to behave with a certain amount of logic. Uh, so, what this movie, if you haven't seen The Quiet Place 1, first of all, shame on you, go watch The Quiet Place 1. It's a really good movie. Uh, unless you're not into horror, I guess, but... If you're not a horror, you're probably not going to watch either, so guess just spoilers ahead. Uh, but, okay, before spoilers, the basic premise is this takes place after the scene on the farmhouse. Like, literally just after the scene. The barn is still on fire. Uh, the three monsters are, the three sound hunters are still dead. And, uh, just recently dead, and the family's packing up their stuff, uh, and the baby to move forward, because they saw another fire in the distance, which means someone's still in the city. Um, to the, I don't know exactly which city it is, but it's a city uh, with a island off the coast that will become important later. So, um, they go they go on this trap, they go on this trip, you know, about a day's walk to find the next fire, and they manage to find, and they manage to stumble into a booby trap. Somebody had rigged, like, a tripwire with some bottles, and then they walk into a bear trap, which catches along the young boy's uh, leg. And he starts screaming. Uh, they're being watched by a sniper, and they end up killing one of the monsters using the shotgun and the uh, hearing aid noise feedback loop thing that causes the monsters to go crazy and insane and back away and reveal their weak point. Um, the sniper's revealed to be one of their father's friends, or his brother or something like that. I'm not really sure. I didn't catch it. There was there was a big opening sequence where they show, like, day one, like, when the meteors hit and these alien creatures came down and started hunting everything that talked. Uh, and honestly, I really like that scene because it's, like, all the ways people died. Like, all the ways modern society just completely fails to deal with, like, invincible sound hunters. And it's, like, like there's this group of people hiding in the um this bar. And this one girl's talking on her phone and they're like, turn it off, turn it off. And she turns it off. And then, right as the monster's about to leave, the phone goes, do 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 And it's like, God damn it! This is how you die! It's like, oh wait, this is day one. This is when all those morons who forgot to silence their phone during a monster apocalypse die. <laughs> I'm sorry. That scene was hilarious to me. Like, the rest of this movie was actually pretty tense, but that one scene was 
fucking hilarious. I mean, after the moment of, oh shit, they were all dead. Uh, the dad and girl managed to run out, though, and hide and, you know, survive. But obviously, because it's day one and we're on, like, day 471 right now, I think. So, anyway, they meet up with him. They managed to hide in his little bunker. He has, like, a little soundproof room. It's some kind of, uh... Some kind of factory, and this this was this tube that's like really heavily insulated and has all this soundproofing. Uh, limited oxygen supply though, so you can only stay in for a few minutes. He has a little timer for that. Um, it's all a very elaborate setup, actually. He's been here for like you know over a year now. He should have a pretty elaborate setup. Uh, his wife and kid are dead. He's really hung up about it. He says that everyone else, he says there's nothing left. There's barely enough food and water to sustain him around here. They can't stay for long, and. Um, the, they're saying, we have something we can use against them. It's like, the people that are left, the people that have survived this long, aren't the kind of people you want to help. Um, he even admits to having seen their fire in the distance and not come, you know, meet with them because, uh, it's implied he was afraid of what they'd become. I mean, because all the people we've found, aside from this family and that one guy, have been kind of a-holes. You know, the old man in the forest who lost his wife and decided to scream right next to a, a dad and his kid, uh, you know, because he wanted to commit suicide, but he wasn't willing to wait until the innocent, you know, passerbys were left before he tried. Uh, then we went into this, like, these other people, and they're just, like, the worst. They're just literally just killing and robbing anyone they can find. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's the way the world is now. Anyway, there's this radio signal. Um, that's playing Beyond the Sea, and the girl ends up figuring out that this means that there's a group of people on an island that are broadcasting. Um, so their goal is to get to the island, and she decides she can use her, uh, hearing aid, because the, the, the weakness of the monster turns out to be a really high sound frequency, that the, the girl's dad, um, had created a hearing aid for her in the first movie, and it was revealed that when the monsters got close, their whatever echolocation they used to see was, um distorted by the hearing aid came out as a really annoying frequency to them. And when you put it in a large speaker, it can, like, actually, like, knock them out briefly or make them reveal their fleshy internal parts of their head they use for hearing. Uh, and once it's revealed, you can just fire a shotgun and kill them. So, uh, her idea is to bring it to the radio station, and instead of broadcasting this song, broadcast the feedback loop of her, of her, uh, her hearing aid, which basically turned every radio into an anti sound sound hunter uh, sound hunter weapon. So basically, every single radio, all somebody would have to do is turn onto the frequency, and you know it would, and it would basically act as like literally a monster repellent, uh, giving them a chance to fight back and maybe even reclaim the city, or at the very least keep the island safe and maybe fortify it. So that's her goal, and then the uncle gets dragged along for it, and the mom and brother have to deal with the baby running out of oxygen they use for the soundproof box. You know, they hook him up to oxygen and put him in a soundproof box so he won't attract monster attention. Uh, they end up getting trapped in a tube, it's a long story, and so they're fighting a monster, and they're trying to find the place, and that's the, that's the plot. That's the whole movie. Uh, it is literally just one tense scene after another as these characters do ridiculously dangerous stuff considering the fact that the second you make a loud sound, you're basically dead. Actually, they're really creative with it, too. So, let's get into the actors real quick. Uh, the actors are all good. Mom's great. She really gets across this like person who's just like, I will survive and I will keep my kids alive. Uh, the boy can be a bit dumb sometimes, but like again, he's like 
what, like six or eight eight year old child, like he gets it. Uh, the girl's really determined to, you know, do something. Like, she's finally found a way to deal with the monsters, and she thinks she's way more capable than she is now. Uh, ends up getting into some trouble, and she, you know, learns that she can't do everything. <clears throat> uh, it's actually really tense when she's on her own for a few scenes, because she's deaf. So, when she makes a loud noise, she literally can't tell. So, like, there'll be a whole scene where a monster is literally creeping up behind her, and she will not even know. Uh, it's a little terrifying, actually. <clears throat> The uncle really gets across how, like, hunted and tragic he is, how he's assured that everyone's just the worst, and that humanity's not worth saving, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but he does come around in the end, and he can be a fun character in his own right. He's very competent. His whole base setup is just very elaborate, very well done. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so, effects are good, characters are good, actors are good, story's fun. Tension is all over the place. Seriously, you will go, you will be drained. Um, the theater I was in was, like, just dead quiet the whole way through. Just nobody talking, like, just, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. You know, that kind of, that kind of oppressive feeling. Oh, I loved it. So, yeah, full spoiler time now. Uh, the island's inhabited. Apparently, things can't swim. Now, from what we, I think they mentioned at one point in the first movie, they've landed on multiple continents, so it's not just the U.S., so, like, everywhere's infested. But island areas are safe. Uh, apparently during this attack, and from what we saw in the prologue section, uh, this stuff went down, like, in literally days. Like, the world fell apart really fucking quickly. Uh, so, basically, the Coast Guard and the last days ever to save people started, like, loading people on boats to send them to islands all over the U.S. Uh, we don't really know about the rest of the world. And a small group of these boats, only like, but when people start realized they weren't made enough room, they started like screaming and moaning, and of course that attracted monsters, and so, yeah, uh, only two of the boats made it. There's a small community living on the island, and they were broadcasting beyond the sea as a way of telling people, hey, we're beyond the sea, we're, um, we're, we're on this island, come here, it's safety. So, uh, they go to the island, uh, it's really peaceful and stuff like that, but guess what? They ran into a group of psychos on the way there, and they ended up having to attract a monster in order to escape. Um, so what happened was, one of the boats got untethered, and one of the monsters was on it. And so it's on the island killing people, and so it's a rush to get to the radio station. They and a friend they made on the island uh, go to the radio station. That friend does not make it, by the way. He dies really brutally, because he starts panicking. Because uh, he's been safe on the island this whole time. He's been dealing with these things since, like, the initial attacks. Uh, yeah. So... They have this whole tense face-off scene in the radio station. A man really managed to uh, turn it on, and, you know, she starts repelling all the monsters and stuff like that. And uh, this also ties in with the plot. At the end, ties in with the plot with the mom, the boy, and the baby, uh, who they were in the friend's bunker, like the dad's friend's bunker. So um, the mom went out to go get some more oxygen from the store a few miles back because uh, the baby needs oxygen. For the soundproof carriage thing they have him in. And uh, he's running low. Meanwhile, the boy accidentally uh, attracts... Uh, a monster is accidentally attracted to the boy. And he ends up locking himself in the uh, soundproof tube with the baby. But there's like this sheet they put on the latch to prevent from locking on the outside. And also not making noise. And it ends up locking him in there. Uh, so he's slowly running out of oxygen. And the mom has returned with the new oxygen tank, only to discover, 
oh my god, it's the secret in the secret slide entrance to uh, quickly get to the bottom has caved in because there's a monster down there now. <clears throat> and she knows there's a monster somewhere here. So what she does is really actually smart. Like, I'm very impressed. She notices the um the fire suppression system in the building. So what she does is she takes one of the two oxygen tanks she has, and she sets it down. Then she takes out a pistol and fires it, attracting the monster to the pistol to the bullet's sound. Uh, the monster gets really close to the oxygen tank, and then she blows it up. Of course, we think she's trying to kill the monster, but it's like, no, if these things can be taken out by explosions, the U.S. government would have had no problem. No, it's fine, but the fire it started, the fire that started all around it, and it did stun it, and the fire that started has slowly activated the fire suppression system. So now with all the water raining around, she's free to move slowly down to the bunker. Because when there's a louder sound, you can't be heard. And since the rain is everywhere, since it's artificial rain she created, uh, the monster can't hear her footsteps. Which is really, really good for her. So, yeah, I was really impressed with her whole plan there. Like, I thought I had the plan. It was like, oh, you're going to try to blow it up. That's not going to work. You're going to have to run. It's like, oh, no, no, no. She actually thought this whole thing through. Like, the characters really... One of the things I really like about The Quiet Place is that, despite some of the stupider decisions they make, all the contingency plans they have, like, around the house, the farmhouse, the bunker, and they come up with on the fly, really get across that there's a reason these people have survived this long and other people haven't. Uh, they've thought through most of this stuff. She was really good. And they, they now they eventually end up getting trapped in the tube again with the new oxygen tank to supply them because, you know, she just can't kill the monster and eventually gets attracted back there. So, um, you know, the monster's slowly ripping into them. They open the door for more oxygen when the tank runs out and <clears throat> they end up going to see if the monster's gone. It's not gone. They attract its attention. It starts clawing at the tube. They're like, you know, crouched in the back. And then the girl... The daughter finally manages to activate the freaking, uh, you know, anti-monster sound on the radio. And so the boy who had had the radio, who the girl told him to keep listening to it, holds out the radio with, like, monster repellent, grabs the pistol off the ground, and simultaneously, at this really cool shot where the girl is slowly walking towards the other monster she hasn't mobilized, uh, and she grabs, like, a rod, you know? And the boy holds up the gun, and there's this moment where the girl slams down the rod in the creature's skull, and the boy is suddenly looking over the monster's fallen form, and it's like, oh, they killed the monster together, finally growing up and, you know, maturing, being able to protect those they hold dear instead of being protected. So yeah, really cool movie, nice themes, uh, great tension. Seriously, this movie is just, like, you're, like, trapped in your seat the whole time, and it's just like, oh no, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen next? And I'm very impressed with it. You know what? I think this is a worthy sequel to A Quiet Place. It expands the story and themes, have the girl and the boy finally stop being the ones protected by the family. They step up to take their father's place to protect their mother and their new uh, baby brother. And I genuinely like where they took this movie. Um, I think I would actually like to see more of this. Because I feel like they've proven this is a concept that can work more than just one one-off movie. I'm not sure it would work in a third movie. Like, like just like I said when I first saw a Quiet Place, I don't know where you would take that. I don't know where you would take this. Uh, but if they can find a way to make it work, you know what? They've proven themselves to me, and I will totally be back for more movies if they want to do more movies in this world. So, yeah. Alrighty. Well, next week, we're going to be listening to a voyage of my review of A Voyage of Basilisk, because I finally finished that. And I finally have another video game to review, because I finished playing Carrion. 
Uh, it's basically a survive. It's basically a Metroidvania game where you play as the monster from it hunting down the scientists in the facility. So look out for those two. Uh, Voyager Basilisk will be on Thursday. Uh, Carrion is going to be on Tuesday, just because I want to make sure I get a full review for Voyager Basilisk. It's a really long book. It's a pretty long book. Um, there's just a lot of stuff in it. It's a lot of stories, and I want to make sure I have a good handle on before I do a review. So, yeah. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.